Hi, I'm Ellie, and I've spent the last 10 years hoovering up pretty much anything that promises me enlightenment or inner peace. I love the esoteric, the mystical, and most recently, the physical practices that bring me into altered states of consciousness and allow me to experience shifts in the way I feel. What I also love is to share these discoveries with others. So I thought it would be fun to put together a collection of some of my favorite practices and have experts in those fields explain these to you simply and coherently so that you can decide which ones resonate with you. But let me give you one big clue. All roads lead back to home. And that feeling of bliss that you so deeply desire lives right inside of you. This week's guest is someone I credit with having truly changed my life. He's an author, an award-winning poet, a mystic, and he's created an enormous body of work that has impacted thousands of people across the globe. He's the creator of the Gene Keys, a synthesis of teachings that brings together elements of astrology, the I Ching, human design, and the inner workings of the human body all designed to be a journey of self-illumination. Anyone who knows me will have heard me speaking passionately on the Gene Keys. And what I'm really grateful to Richard for is that he's also created lots of really uplifting resources for turbulent times, including his unique concept of the future of conscious business. It was so much fun to discuss these ideas with him. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Sitting here with you is a real pleasure and a privilege. Your work has had a profound impact on me and many of my friends, and it always brings me such comfort whenever I feel lost or worried about the state of the world. I always turn to the Gene Keys because I can feel there's just an inherent truth in there, and it, it always just feels like coming home. So you've created an astounding body of work, but you're best known for the Gene Keys, and I would love for you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how this beautiful creation came into existence. Yeah, sure. Um, every time I tell the story, it's always different. So <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> As st stories always kind of gain polish over time. <laughs> um, no, in, in, it sort of came about in a um, mystical way, actually. Um, obviously, it involved a lot of hard work afterwards, but uh, I did have a, one of these sort of rare, fairly rare, I think, mystical experiences um, in my late twenties, um, when uh, the sort of, I guess, the, I, sometimes I describe it as like Mozart, maybe how Mozart received a symphony, you know, um, like one big kind of download of the whole thing in one go knowing the beginning the middle and the end but then you know it's difficult to explain that but that all yeah. all in my body the whole thing in my body um and then spending the rest of well for me probably the rest of my life unraveling that unpacking that so i call it a transmission because it was a, tra a wisdom transmission um and I, I, I had some kind of deeper understandings when i studied some of the tibetan teachings and they have a phenomenon they describe this similar phenomenon they call it a tama um a tama is like a treasure a wisdom treasure and um and and they're sort of the tamas were seeded many thousands of years ago by great teachers or that that's their teachings like so they kind of have they've been like waiting for the right time to awaken and then the, each tama has a terton which is a, a a treasure revealer that's the one who's destined to kind of unpack it and so i had that feeling when i sort of realized when i heard that story and uh, from the tibetans then i thought this that's exactly what this is this is a term this is like one of these treasures that's been waiting and then i kind of arrived at a certain place and time and then it just opened in me and um and but the 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 unique thing that's different about this transmission is that in my understanding is a collective transmission so it is not just about me unpacking it although i'm the sort of first turt on if you like the first one that's kind of opened it up um well in fact arguably i'm not the first you know there was a teacher before me called ra ruhu mm -hmm. who actually opened up 
a system called human design mm -hmm. and then that was a similar trend that's the same transmission actually and then i studied with him and then took it even further so and there are others as well who are coming who have aspects of the terma as well um so for me it's like a whole symphony that that those who are very drawn to it probably have aspects to unpack themselves um, but for me it was a very mystical experience the, the basis of it um, because I kind of saw the unraveling of it but I didn't you know it, and now it's on a timer you know it's set on a timer and it's very mysterious because it certain people come into my life like you're you've come into my life a new person I don't know I wonder what wonder whether you have something you know and what you might bring and there are many it's like tributaries flowing into this big river and it has a life of its own and um, I'm just responding to that um, jigsaw puzzle and a big celestial jigsaw puzzle that's assembling itself through multiple strands, people, initiations, and it goes on revealing deeper and deeper layers. So in some respect, it's like a kind of big treasure box. And I, you know, every now and again, I put my hand into the treasure box and pull out another treasure or someone else even puts their hand in and pulls out a treasure and I look, oh wow, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, um, quite a mysterious thing. And then the other side of it is it's a lot of work. It's been a lot of work because I've had to write, I wrote the book, I evolved it, developed it, had a few false starts, kind of created, you know, worked with different people, um, a team grew and now it's like a whole body of teachings and as you know, so it's continuing to grow. Absolutely. And I remember once hearing you say that you spent many years contemplating the incarnation cross in human design. And Did that, I say that? <laughs> yeah, I read that somewhere. Maybe you said it on a video that you were contemplating that for many years. Yes, that's true. Which is so interesting Actually, because I um, found human design before I found the Gene Keys, probably like a lot of people listening to this. Yeah. And the incarnation cross was always a great mystery to me. And of mm. course, if, if you look at your profile and you look at your incarnation cross, it will be the same as your first four spheres in human mm. design. Mm. And so, and then obviously your profile in human design is the same as the first four mm. lines. And yeah. so that always feels like a beautiful link between the two systems. Yeah, it is. And lots of people work with both systems. Yeah. Um, and although I do caution people about if you're new, just don't yeah. do both at the same yes. time. <laughs> It'd be yeah. too overwhelming, um, but and they are very different, yeah. you know. But although many people now working with human design are, are are kind of mutating the original knowledge because it's merged with the gene key, it's like two rivers coming together, and then and they've kind of both enrich in each other, although they started off very different, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. I like to see human design more as a sort of practical manual in how to live day to day and the gene keys more as deep contemplation on what's driving me in the first place and mm. and also it's more that, spiritual yes basically much more putting it simply yeah and funnily enough i had started off last year with a prayer to the universe that i wanted to meet my own shadow because i'd always been very scared of the word shadow very mm. avoidant mm. and and then your work came into my life. And it's a really beautiful way to gently meet your shadow and to realize that we have nothing to fear in meeting no. our fears. No, no, it's like, very true. Yeah, it's, it's been wonderful. They're part of us, you know, they're, they're yes. a deep part of us. And, and, uh, and my, you know, the mantra of the Gene Keys is like every shadow contains a gift, you know? And so it's the only way we really can open to, to our, kind of greatest potential into the light if you like is is by going into the that sort of what looks like it's darkness but actually it isn't you know yeah. it only looks like it when you're when you don't go into it when you when you're keeping it at arm's length then it looks scary but the moment you're open to it you realize it isn't dark in there there is trauma but you don't need to be afraid of that trauma because that trauma is part of our transformational journey and it needs to move through us so it needs to be felt experienced lived honored you know that wounding that we all carry and then it shifts it's finite that's one of the things i've learned 
like and i didn't know that in the beginning i i mean i didn't know i knew it intellectually but i didn't realize that our suffering was finite you know we have a finite store of it in our body because it feels infinite you know when you're suffering and then you go on you know it's like oh god and the relationship and then the health and then the whatever and then someone dies and then you're just anxious or you're full of trauma and your body and you can't settle and you're restless or whatever or depressed or whatever your suffering is it feels when you're in it like you're never going to get through it it feels like it's endless but i've i've come to realize that it's finite <laughs> and that's not saying that mine has come to the end but it's like it's getting closer because you can feel the difference you can feel the lightening of your body as you do this work you know but it takes you know that's that's a lot of commitment it's, it takes some time doesn't it i mean you must know that absolutely yeah and i'd say i'm only at the beginning of my journey and i suppose then there's the other way of looking at the collective shadow which mm. i know you talk a lot about and holding and transmuting the collective suffering but i would imagine if you've lightened your load that you're able to embrace that in a, in a completely different way where you're like a vessel where it can just move through. Yeah, I think so. I think there's, you know, what the ancients call karma. There's really two types of karma, but the, but the one really, but the two, there's the personal individual karma that's connected to this life. You, maybe it's rooted in your past incarnations, but it's, you know, because that's what's driven it, but it's your personal you know karma that you've created and so you have to work that off first you know you have to process and transform that first and as you get to the bottom of that then you start taking on the deeper ancestral karma you know um and that has a very different feel to it um it's sort of you kind of sense it's not yours you sense it's not personal um but it's deep and painful but it but because it doesn't feel like it, it's related to the to you. It's there's a there's a kind of it's almost easier to get through it in some way. But it's but it's deep, and but then it, the rewards of transforming that are, you know, you your consciousness begins to awaken. You know, you begin to experience really kind of amazing states by doing that work. Yeah, and I think. So definitely in my community we try to be tuned into that at all times even just if we touch it and just dedicating yourself to holding that and mm. do, and playing your part it's it really cultivates compassion towards your own shadow in turn so i feel like it can be a nice dance that you use to strengthen your own resilience against your own personal shadow yeah that's very that's that's very true i think that's a wise thing yeah that you said mm. thanks <laughs> cheers for that um so okay so just to revisit the gene keys so could you tell us a little bit about the golden path and the three sequences yeah um basically you know the, the where most people meet the gene keys is through their profiles through their hologenetic profiles and uh, i mean i should say it's a synthesis so that's not the only place that you could start and as the synthesis is expanding there'll be other points of entry for different people depending on how they've come in um, but that's like the most used one currently because it's you've got this profile that relates to your birth time that um, gives you a, a journey basically and that journey is the journey of transformation and awakening and one way i sort of described the jinkies recently i said that you know for someone i said they're that they are the algorithms of awakening that's what they really are and they're individual to each person so it's a you're beginning a journey and you're already on the journey because probably if you've come to it you're already spiritually done some work and so you're kind of you find yourself in the algorithms but and in you know you begin to recognize ah yeah now that really makes sense because you know that that's specific to me but also it gives you this very specific shadow pattern set of patterns for you to work on um and when i say work on i mean jinkies is the, the profile and working with the golden path the golden path is the is the name for these three sequences um as you go into that the main way of working with it is through the art of contemplation and 
you know, so I need to describe that in a, I'll do that in a minute, like yes, what I mean by that. But um, essentially these paths, these three journeys are like a, a journey that you take. It's a, it's a self, I call it a journey of self-illumination because it's a personal journey. You can take it with others. You can take it at the same time as others in company or you can do it alone. But it's something that unfolds uniquely inside you through your contemplation. And the first level is called the activation sequence. And that relates to our purpose, really. What's your highest purpose? What's your, your deep purpose for being here? Um, and quite surprising when you really do contact, what is my deepest purpose? Because your deepest purpose is never like something you're here to do, actually. It's someone you're here to be. It's a quality of presence that you are here to radiate. And there are words for all these in the Gene Keys, as you know, because like, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a technology of words. Um, but the words are frequencies. They're like colors, you know, or tones. And so as you enter into this world of the, of the Gene Keys words, you're entering into a frequency realm. They're not just words, because the, the books that I've written are not just, they're not, they're not manuals. You know, they're books to contemplate. So you read a couple of sentences and then you let them kind of sink in. And then maybe you share them with someone and you collectively contemplate them. And that's how it's a, you're entering into a garden, really, or a wilderness or a forest or a jungle. And these are the maps that take you through the inner territory. And there are layers that open and layer behind a layer behind another layer. But in one sense, even though you go through these three sequences, they're all one thing. They're all inside each other, like an onion, you know, peeling an onion. So in a way, there's only one sphere, you know, because you have these spheres that you walk through like stepping stones. Um, but each, each one contains a deeper layer. And the sequence through them is really critical, is really key, because we awaken in a sequence. You know, that's how... It, that's how our DNA is built, everything. And that's how evolution works. It always works in sequences, in stages, in iterations, in initiations, you know, so revelations, you know, they're all like you do the work, you can, you explore the shadow, you unpick it, you unpack it, you work it, you transform it, it, it shows up in your life. You have a relationship with it, you absorb it, you transform it, and then it releases you. And then you're like, oh, and it, there's more light in your life and, and your outer life changes to adjust. Yeah. And then you integrate and there's always a pause and then you begin another level and you're another level of shadow. You're like, oh, here we go again, back down the wormhole. And it's deeper and it's thicker and it's, you know, more challenging, but then you have more light to tackle it. You know, you have more weaponry and a sword and a shield and in you go. To, to kind of take on the next layer. And that's the whole story of the golden path. So the, that, the first stage is purpose. The second is about love and relationships and heart, the heart and our wounding of our childhood. And then the third is prosperity, which, you know, so you have these three layers, but they're all one layer, but the sequence is key. So it's purpose, partnerships, prosperity, and that is the order of awakening can't jump or bypass that order you in order to kind of do this the heart work you have to have an understanding of your purpose because if you don't have that core stability in you of like this is me how can you interact in a relationship from a place of independence and health and you know because you're just you don't have that grounding to do the heart work so then you do the heart work from that place of grounding and then then because the, the heart works the, is the kind of tenderest it's you know it's, it's it's the most vulnerable but the most precious as well and that's called the venus sequence you know and when i'm talking about these things i'm talking like years really yeah. you now to really do this work it's years it's like it you can put it down and stuff but it'll keep coming back because the sequences are embedded in you so it doesn't matter which teaching you use or which teacher you follow, the same patterns keep coming back. <laughs> so Gene Keys is just a map. 
of those patterns. So it's very handy. It, it can it can help us integrate more quickly than many things. And then the third phase is prosperity. And prosperity really is only, you know, true prosperity can only flower after the heart begins to open. Otherwise, it's not real prosperity. It's just wealth, maybe. Um, and it's in a way why many people who do spiritual work don't manage to sort out the, their finances and their flow yet because there's not enough of the relationship work that's been done. You know, it's been skipped over, you know, and if you skip over that, then you can't attain the true prosperity because you, because your heart is not able to stay permanently open. You might think it is, but you'll, you will have like self-imposed boundaries, maybe through your mind or patterns that you haven't yet owned that are actually keeping you from trusting trusting yes. basically yeah. trusting yourself trusting others you know so yeah there's a lot of forgiveness that has to take place before the prosperity arrives and and literally it, it just arrives because if you do the heart work it just arrives it starts arriving and you're just looking at the final sequence the pearl sequence and you're going well i don't even need to do this bit it's happening because that's what happens. You're just, it's almost like you're just looking in the mirror and going, well, there might be a few keys in there for me to refine my process around money and wealth. And because it's not just money, it's health as well. It's, it's prospering on all levels. Yeah. So that's the golden path journey and, you know, really good one to get stuck into. And if that sounds overwhelming, then you just, you, I suppose the other thing, if someone's listening to this and they're new, is it, and you can, say this you can share this like it's laid out very simply in steps Absolutely. so you don't get overwhelmed by the whole mountain you're just like dealing with this step here now um, and then when you're ready with that step you move to the next step yes and um that is what attracted me so much to the jinkies and what i always tell people because a lot of us listening to this and in this field feel already very overwhelmed with all the systems and learnings that you know we're all curious people but what I always say to people is the jinkies takes up so little bandwidth because it's about learning the art of contemplation, which you're the, the master at. And I learned that from you. It's, and so I always say to people, you just you open the book and you just start to read and you just allow it to unfold. And it will and can take years. But it's just that learning the art of contemplation has been really life changing for me. So I, I always tell people that with the Gene Keys, it's a living transmission. Just by beginning to, to read the first words, you're awakening, you're catalyzing a process within you. And, and this whole notion of having everything locked inside of us that slowly unfolds, I again learned from the Gene Keys. I always thought I had to look outside of myself for answers. And you also said once that you'd initially thought that the Gene Keys would be um, the kind of thing where you have your profile read by somebody else and then you quickly realize no this has to be a path of self-illumination because only we understand those specific shadow patterns and how they play out for us only we can work that out yeah you can't contemplate for someone else can you <laughs> no <laughs> no you can't and also in, like you you have a book about contemplation which I'm looking forward to that being available yeah, again. I, it, it, I think it is now, actually. It, oh, I'll make sure that it is after this. Yes, because I think it's a life-changing practice anyway to learn how to spend more time contemplating. You naturally slow down. You begin to enjoy life. You see things happening around you. And, it's, and by contemplating an idea or a concept that initially is just you can grasp it mentally, it allows you to begin to embody that, which is the whole point yeah. of the Gene Keys. Totally. And actually, this is, you're right. This is a standalone um, technique, this little book. And, um, you know, I say that there is no problem or challenge that exists that cannot be resolved through the art of contemplation. Not one. Nothing. So anything you have, any question about your life, it, it can be resolved by the art of contemplation if you learn how to do it. Because the answer is always inside you. And contemplation isn't, you know, it's like it may begin with thinking, but then it goes deeper and deeper and deeper until the mystery of it starts to kind of reveal itself through you. 
and all it really takes is a kind of a, a blend of constancy and playfulness you know so you have to stay with it so if you have a question about your life and anyone could do this by the way listening to this now whatever the question is you know it might be like how do i get past my kind of tendency to fall into states of depression you know or anxiety how do i get past that that's a really good human question many people have that um you begin by just contemplating it you know so you give it some space so when you're in when you next feel it instead of like trying to rush and stop it pause that's the back foundation of contemplation pausing you pause and you give it a little breath you give it some breathe a breather you give it some space you're generous and towards yourself and you're gentle you know those are things you're gentle and you're generous so you give it some time and you just breathe and you just go right well, instead of me rushing now to try and stop this in whatever way you know whether it's like put on the tv or you know some way of distracting myself or eating or whatever it is instead of doing that just give yourself a moment of pause to be in the pattern simple as that and it, and to be in the discomfort of the pattern right and that is the beginning of your contemplation because then you're you're actually looking into the pattern instead of avoiding it and the moment you begin to look into it, even though it's, it's very uncomfortable at the beginning, it will become easier as you go on. And then you're, you can begin to actually trust it. You know, you can realize that actually this is something inside me for a reason. This is one of those shadows, right? And somewhere in this coal mine is a diamond. And if you make the commitment to just stay with it, sooner or later, the first diamond will appear. You know, you'll find a diamond, some little diamond, some little insight, and it may not even come from you sitting there. It might just come from the outside, from someone, something, an event, something, and it just gives you this little, just because you've given yourself permission to feel it, then you're opening up, you're saying to the universe and to yourself, I'm gonna trust this, even just a little bit. I'm gonna open the door just a little bit, you know, instead of slammed or don't want to feel it you know so that little bit of self permission is what opens up the possibility of transformation so anyone can do that it takes some courage it might take some support as well from friends and people close to you um, or even professionals mm -hmm. but the kind of commitment to look at it is like it's gold dust because it starts the journey and then the and then the steps reveal themselves you know and the and the illumination start to come and then it starts to unwind you know and open up and the intelligence of your heart begins to kind of come online and then it's about how you treat yourself you know it's like you're a child you're a wounded child we all are and and when your kind of child is collapsed in on themselves whether it's depression or, or whatever it is anxiety or something you know what, how, what do you do to that child? You know, you don't kind of ignore it. You, you go and you, you kind of just touch it in the gentlest way. And that's the spirit we have to use it with the art of contemplation. And then we begin to open ourselves. You know, that's, and that's the journey. So yeah, it's really powerful. It's, but it could, you know, and anything, you can apply it to anything. I mean, you, you want to know what your last life was? Contemplate it. Contemplate, contemplate, contemplate. Just go into it. Use your intuition, use your imagination, wrap yourself around it, stay with it. Stay with it for weeks and months and something will happen to tell you. A synchronicity, something will come and go bing. And the moment you see it, you will not be mistaken. It's like your cells of your body will just go jing. Oh my God, it's a memory come back to me. So that's contemplation. Anything you want to know, anything, the answers are in there. <laughs> it's so this is such a, an empowering um, yeah. idea for all. And really, I have to say that has been so profound for me because, um, first of all, it gives it brings that power back into ourselves. We don't have to look for external sources of knowledge. But once no. you begin practicing the art of contemplation, it's not just you don't just receive insights on the specific contemplations. 
you begin to become aware of this vast, infinite um, space around you and how everything works with itself and your, the context of life becomes more apparent. And I mean, I feel so much more connected to, to it. I don't even know what it is to source since beginning contemplation because I will just spend so long with my eyes closed in the mornings. I don't fill up all my time with different practices like I used to. I just, th I just think, well, it's not even thinking, it's, it's contemplating. Yeah. And there are many ways as well, that there are as many ways to, to, uh, of contemplating as there are people. So you get to be creative in finding what is the way that suits me best. So in the back of the book, for example, are a whole load of techniques and examples of like contemplation through movement, contemplation through nature, contemplation through dance, contemplation through preparing food, contemplation through service, contemplation through, you know, yes. I mean, there are so many routes or there's the sitting contemplation or there's the running contemplation. There's the swimming contemplate. You know, it's like uh, there's an endless yes. number of them where, so for people who are really body oriented, it's really beautiful. Um, for people who are intellectual, it's really, it's also, and, and it combines the best is to combine them. I mean, my most powerful one is the sun. I do the sunrise contemplation. It's not for everyone. Um, well, actually it kind of is, but, <laughs> it takes some chi because you know what I call like chi because you've got to get up early. Um, yeah, and, especially now. You know, right, right now it's like you got to be up at five, <laughs> yeah. um, and that's tough. And <laughs> but once you started to do it, um, you meet the sunrise. You meet the sun as it comes over the horizon. Yes. It's so blissful. I mean, I've done it now for a few years, and I don't do it every morning, but I do it especially in this weather at the moment, like it's really, the sunrise is just stunning, you know, and, um, yeah. and everyone kind of, it just, the moment that first ray of light hits you, hits you here, it takes you on a journey. It's so powerful. It floods the whole of your DNA with this intelligence, this solar intelligence. So it's the deepest form of contemplate because you're contemplating light and we are light. So you're contemplating your light. You know, but you're using this external symbol as it rises, you know, incredibly powerful. And, and, and you get to love it so that, I mean, my body clock now just automatically yeah. wakes me up. Yes. Exactly. I never, I've never set an alarm. I trust my body. I trust it. So if it doesn't wake me up, it's because it needs to lie in. Yeah. Yes. But mostly it'll wake me up and say, come on. This morning I woke up and I was like, oh, really? Because there's always that resistance. Like, can I just like not bother today? And then this little bird landed on my windowsill and just went, tick, 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 tick. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. I'm, and do you have somewhere that you can face the sun as it comes over the horizon? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not, I have to go up, out <clears throat> in the village. So I have to go out, sneak out without waking anyone up, go up the day, up the road to a field. So I have, I have a little kind of journey to get there which is perfect because it sort of prepares me. Yes. Um, and then I get there and there's this perfect vista for the sun. So oh, anyway, it's... but you can contemplate the moon or the stars or trees or a dog or, you know, yeah. anything. Your body, your physical body. Yeah. yeah. I have found that sunrise contemplation to be a beautiful context for the first stage of the golden path, discovering your purpose, because it, it does. You just start to embody a knowledge about, you know your why you're here and i wanted to expand on something you mentioned earlier about needing to really embody your purpose and then allowing your heart to open before we can arrive in the final stage of the golden path which is the path sequence <clears throat> and releasing your prosperity into the world because um you I've, I've really been looking forward to talking about this with you um you wrote this piece called the pearl articles which my friends and I have come together many times to discuss. And there are some ideas that, that you discussed in there that are, have been really life-changing. And you've touched on it a little bit today, this idea of wealth versus prosperity, um, the simplicity and a new definition of philanthropy. And I wondered if we could talk a little bit more on that. Yeah. So, um, and also about fractal lineage and finding your people in this world so specifically the first thing that i read that really illuminated me was 
your definition of prosperity. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, the main thing about prosperity is <clears throat> a lovely word, prosperity, mm. and I prefer it to wealth. Um, and I even use them as, you know, opposite yeah. each other in a way. So I see wealth as an accumulation of, you know, so it's like an accumulation of something. And, um, and what that, what, if you, if all you do is accumulate, then you get heavier and your life gets heavier and you get more complicated. It gets more complicated. So the very wealthy people of the world have very complicated lives because they're managing all that wealth. And even though they have to pay people, they pay other people to do all that work. It's like, it's still complicated because you're holding all that, right? And nature doesn't do that. Nature doesn't kind of hoard. Nature pro proliferates, but then disperses. And, the, and everyone else comes and takes of it, the birds or the whatever, they come and they share in it and they, and they recycle it. And so that's what prosperity is. Prosperity is the recycling. So like you actually want your life to be simpler. You know, to be prosperous is to have a simple life. Simple means you don't have worries. <laughs> simple means you don't have to do all this kind of additional work and kind of addictive like managing of, of you know, of all that. It's like you want a flow that comes in, that comes out that is um, interactive, that is rich, that is through your heart. So, so true prosperity is across all, your, all areas of your life. So wealth can be, you can be very wealthy, but you can have completely awful relationships, mm -hmm. you know, and cut off from your family. Or you could be, you know, very wealthy and have all kinds of other problems, health problems or things, all right? So prosperity is across the whole of your life. Okay, it, it can't be isolated to one area. It's got to be in relationships, health, you know, spirituality, material plane, at all levels. That's what pr prosperity is. It's a whole systems um, flow. It has more to do with flow, actually. Um, and as I said, simplicity. And, and simplicity, I don't mean like, living like a peasant necessarily although for some people that is very prosperous and um i mean it's just not it's not complicated it do, you don't have things to worry about because you're working in coordination with those you love you know usually in a group field and because prosperity is a group phenomenon it is a collective phenomenon so that final sequence of the golden path is all about the collective it's about collective pros prospering so we can't actually really prosper in isolation yeah. that's the difference between you can be wealthy and you can be the only wealthy person in a country and everyone else around you is poor but to be prospering the whole nation has to prosper you because you're sharing you know you're sharing together and and the original economies original far 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 back before we even have memory were called gift economies um, and because everyone was prospering so everyone was gifting and if everyone gifts and prospers then the whole it's, it's how the animal kingdom works actually you know the pod of dolphins works like that or a, a group of um you know wild dogs operate like that and where it's called communal altruism where one is happy to sacrifice itself for the whole. Now that doesn't mean we have to kind of sacrifice ourselves, but it means you give of your service to the whole, knowing that somewhere the whole will pay you back because you've given, you know, to the whole, to the group. Um, so that's sort of um, some of the basic laws of prosperity is that kind of that selfless giving, but the selfless giving has to come from an abundant heart. Like it can't come from a wounded heart. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we give because we want to escape our suffering. And that's, that's a kind of codependent giving, right? It's very noble, but it doesn't generate prosperity. So we have to do the heart work so that we have the abundance of love and trust. And then we create ripples in, a, in the field around us because that was your other question is that you 
you draw together what I call your fractal. Mm. You know, you you attract your true allies, and it's and and they attract you because you're attracting a quality of open-heartedness and trust because your heart will attract at the level of frequency that your heart is at. So if you don't truly trust in people or you know or you still have uncovered issues you will draw the perfect partner to bring up that shadow pattern uh, after you get through the first phase of falling in love you know and then it emerges later you know um because because they're there to show you that they're held there to help you work on that so once you've weeded out those weeds and you've got an open garden and not, you don't have to be perfect but as you're it's a continual work um then the prosperity starts to arrive but it arrives through synchronicity it arrives through magic through miracles in extraordinary ways because as you said look we're all connected in a invisible way through invisible kind of dharma threads so yeah Oh. That was a long answer to <laughs> what is prosperity. <laughs> but there's, a, oh. there's so much to it. And in my life's work sphere, I have the 27th gene key, which is exactly what we're talking about. Shadow of selfishness, the gift of altruism. And I, some, I would even go so far as to say I've spent the last year really contemplating just that. Because even though I've moved into the Venus sequence now, the further I get, the more I realize I, I want to return back to that, to the beginning. Mm. And every time I return back, more and more unfolds. And it's really embodying that um, communal altruism that you spoke of. That has completely unlocked, I would say, prosperity has already, it's, it's, I've recognized the prosperity I already had, which you definitely talk about. And, it, and it's this idea of unlocking healthy currents within your body when you really give of a pure heart and then as as you say the venus sequence and opening your heart and really tapping into that pure frequency and allowing your heart to dictate the words that come from your mouth and and it's just all this beautiful symbiotic process and then that really is how you attract your core fractal and and the right brand that you and and you say in the pearl articles that if you find that you've just not been successful in inverted commas yet, that there's a reason it'll be because you haven't found your core fractal because you haven't been really tapped into your true heart frequency and your brand is not aligned with who you really are hmm. and your purpose. So it's just such a beautiful, sometimes I even do see it as linear as you need to keep going back so that you can come forward again. It's yeah. Keep unlocking. I mean, the generosity, like that's obviously what your gene key is about, but that we can use it as we can use you as an example for all human beings, as you can do that with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so in every gene key, every is a virtue that is of because we contain all of them, you know, obviously at some level. So so generosity begins with being generous to yourself. And if you can't be generous to yourself, you can't attract the, the generosity, you know, in the world. So that's the first thing is to, you know, and being generous to yourself is a great contemplation. How do you do that? What does that mean? It means like when you feel closed down or contracted, that's when you need the generosity the most. Because that's when we're hardest on ourselves. We're like, oh, I must work harder. I closed down. I need to work, work through this. And, and that, that's not generous. That kind of attitude, generosity is like, it's okay. Your heart's contracted. It'll, it'll pass. Just I'm just going to give you a cup of cocoa and a thing and a nice cookie. We can sit over here. We don't have to do anything. There's no pressure on you. You're going to come back in your own time. It's okay. You know, that's how you treat yourself. You know, with that level of compassion, if, you, if we can do that all the time, as much as possible, we begin to then we bring our heart back to life. And the more we do that, then that generosity starts to radiate. Mm. And people feel that, you know, they, they really feel it. They feel like someone who's generous to themselves. Yeah, that's such a good. And point. it means also generous to yourself means also you, you know how to stop. You know how to pause. You know, my wife always like, 
giving me a hard time because I'm, especially in the sunny weather, I'm lying in the hammock a lot, you know, I'm going out there, I'm just going to do a bit of hammock time. <laughs> and uh, she's like, get, you know, cause she's a doer. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? Get, there's all these things need doing. I'm like, yeah, I know, but Swing I just can't, away. I just can't resist like those, t- cause I'm my, I need it. My body needs it. My mind needs it. My emotions need it. We all need it. And, and, obviously not to excess, <laughs> but like you have to find a balance with, with these things. But um, yeah, being kind to yourself is like such a key. Such a key. And then recognizing that being part of a collective and giving to that collective is the most beautiful, rewarding feeling of, and the most abundant feeling of all time. And it's so applicable now because we're in a time of the rise of the, the entrepreneur almost. And so many of us, I guess we're stuck in this wheel of samsara, this pressure to evolve. And we mistake that for being a personal individual struggle. How can I make it? I have to be more, I have to make money. I have to stand it out alone. And we forget that actually by joining hands and really working in partnerships, um, that's how we all thrive. Absolutely. And it's so important now because because as you say, because we're, make, we're in the process of making a transition, humanity, um, from being an individuated kind of creature to being a collective yeah. being. And that's why a lot of our old tribal patterns are falling apart now. They're beginning to fall apart and decline, which is frightening for people, right? Um, but what's left is like this, you know, what the is this core stability that we can develop through contacting our heart, our, the love inside us, that, that we can trust ourselves. And once we can trust yourself, and be, on it, be gentle with yourself, then you kind of begin to open up to others. And you know what I say to people, especially now, um, because a lot of people are probably gonna lose their jobs in the times ahead if they haven't already got jobs. Mm-hmm. And so that's very frightening, you know, because of the, the, you know the huge change in the economy that's probably coming mm. um is i would say like really work out for your, in your heart who are your true allies in life who do you deeply trust you know in a way that you could trust them with anything and those are the people to talk to and those are the people to possibly um have kind of business partnerships with or share you know open up ideas creative ideas um, and even if you've only got one that you start with that one um, and you just begin a conversation or a dialogue and share um, because if you feel it with them they must feel it with you and that's beginning of like okay let's see where we where this might lead and it might lead to all kinds of things but th- cultivating those deep kind of trust friendships is really really key because they, they're telling you that those are those people are part of your fractal you know part of your your soul group and and therefore you you know you don't want to be wasting your energy with places where that isn't the case you know so, and that's what a lot of us do we compromise we think i've got a great opportunity over there i've been offered a great opportunity with this person um but there isn't that that kind of resonance and, but the temptation is, oh, but this is going to lead to, oh, amazing things. And they have so much money or whatever, it is, you know, or potential contacts or like, oh, they're famous or whatever it is. But if you don't have that recognition, that is never going to, I mean, it, you'll learn. And, and if you're going to do it, then do it, but learn, yeah. you know, from it. And, it, and it'll teach you like, damn, I really wish, wish I, I, I could have listened to my intuition. I knew that they were going to betray me or whatever it's like you know i knew it was going to collapse because our intuition knows so we can save ourselves a huge amount of time by not getting involved in things that truly don't feel right with people where we don't have that deep soul contact um you know that's that's also fundamental that but that's part of the venus work that clears your heart so that you know who your allies are if you're really listening to your heart then you know who your allies are there's no mistake in it and the other thing is it's it's deeply enjoyable to work with those people you know because you just have a resonance 
and then more come you know because they feel the resonance it's uh, like bees to the to the kind of honey that's that's in there and that's again prosperity because we're a collective being so this is you know i was said in the early days of doing gene keys that um it's about the the coming together of genius you know so we develop our individual genius and then we join our genius with those and, you know, and, a, and a group of geniuses together that's not something that the world has really seen we've only had an isolated genius but group of genius that's like that's like a, a kind of super brain that's a like that's a super cell you know do you know what I mean? That's yes. like, whoa, the power of like those different geniuses network together through the heart and through clarity of mind and intent and service to the whole, that is going to generate awesome prosperity, you know? And it has to be philanthropic. You know, that was your other question. Yes. You don't even need to do this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just log out. <laughs> no, I needed your... your <laughs> your lovely aura here to kind of trigger me um yeah so philanthropy is 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 at the core has to be the core of of prosperity and when i say philanthropy i kind of distinguish it a little bit from charity um and charity is charity is very noble and beautiful and it's it's about um giving uh giving resources or money or kindness in order to help some someone or something less fortunate All right but and that's charity and that's what it is philanthropy is slightly different because it's um it's more about investing where you invest your energy so it's a bit more careful so it may not like it, I, always, I use this kind of um story where you know you you might walk past a homeless person and they ask you for money and um if you're a charitable person you might give them the money and just you know have a wonderful moment where you've given them the money and then they shine they shine and they're like oh thank you so much but you don't know where they're going to spend that money um or how it's going to work or whether it will make their life any better or not but for that moment it was enough actually because you, you made their life better and they made your life better because there was a connection so that in it serves itself but the philanthropy would look at that person and go well i'm not going to give my money to them right now but i'm really going to consider how i can help not just one homeless people but all homeless people and i'm going to put my energy into that vision you know um and right now i'm not going to help that person but consciously i'm choosing that not because I, and you might as well you might be both you might give them a little bit and then say i'm going to go and you know because you can be charitable and philanthropic <laughs> um which is you know the best <laughs> um but you would really invest your whole life in being of service to the whole in some way that means that everything that you do in your business at the core of it needs to be this i want we want this to be in service of the whole in the highest way possible um and if you put that at the core of your business then you've got a really really powerful seed you know and not all businesses have that a lot of businesses kind of bolt it on afterwards yeah. you know and but if you have that at the core it's a really pure seed you know and it will it will grow it will sprout well you said in the articles that just by having that genuine intention catalyzes i've used that word like a hundred times today but i can't think of a better word catalyzes those healthy currents and it sets off the process by which you know you start the universe will place things in your hands um and it just sets off that process and and then it's a, a real uh you start to cultivate more and more trust when you see these things appearing in your life so quickly if you really come from that genuine place and and that's why i do urge people to to dive into the gene keys because it gives you so much specific um you can go into your specifics of when you mentioned the beggar you know, are you somebody who will give the money? Are you somebody who will walk past, get home, and then come up with a whole new system? We all have our different ways that we, we all have different genius that we can mm. bring into the world. And we do need to explore what those are so that we can embody them and work together all embodying our different gifts. 
that's true synergy, isn't it? Mm. So that's yeah. been really amazing to dive in, look at the pearl sequence and see, ah, oh, this is, this is how I, what I should focus on. And mm. I, it doesn't matter that I'm not naturally drawn to this or this or this yeah. here is where I can shine. Exactly. And there's those two, six lovely um, patterns of prosperity in the pearl, um, which are like, you know, they give you a sort of clue and an inkling as to, well, what does prosperity really look like for me? Do you know what yours is? What your Fifth. line is? Five. Fifth. Okay. So you have one, which is simplicity. So if you're a first line there, then you're the kind of person that actually really will love your, your, your version of prosperity will be pure simplicity. You know, a simple life can be exquisite in all kinds of areas, but it's like you just don't want things to be complicated. Um, second line would be like uh, recognition. So for you, it's all about relationships. So your pros if you were a second line, your prosperity would be like, you know, just really deep love in some form with like being with the one you love or being in with like deep friendships, you know, or being deeply recognized by everyone in your life and not really having anyone that doesn't recognize you. That would be like second line prosperity. Third line prosperity is, is about um, celebration, you know, so, and, and the pearl is right at the end of your golden path, right? It's the very last sphere of the golden path. So it's like everything leads there, but it's not something you make happen. It's something that flowers or dawns or it's, a, it's like your harvest. So it just happens. So if you're a third line pearl, then probably you'll get quite a lot of money <laughs> because you're into celebration, right? So uh, to celebrate, you might, you know, quite a lot of resources will come your way because you're going to want to share them. You're going to want to share joy and laughter and dance. And, you, you know, that's going to be and that's going to be your purpose of prosperity is like to share with others that celebration and if you're a fourth line it's charity i'm a fourth line so it's charity it's like your deepest wish is to help certain people you know or certain groups of people and you just want to do it it's kind of in it's almost a little bit selfish because you just want to see their faces and you want to have this you just want to give it give the money and then go and like go it's yours okay <laughs> do what you want here you are um, that's the fourth line. Fifth line is about power and like, um, sort of, it's like leadership in a way. So it's being given responsibility in a way. Um, and so you, it, it's like others, it's, it's generosity really is what it is. It's like, it's being able to kind of share a, a global you know, idea that reaches and impacts many people, you know, that uh, that's going to be your prosperity reward is to, is to see other people being prosperous. Essentially that's what it is to, to sow abundance around the world. You know, that's the, that's the fifth line. Does that resonate? Yes. I love <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And the sixth line is, is um, kind of, it's a bit like the first line, but at another level, it's, you know, it's about, um, it's almost like I was joking, it's almost like the queen who doesn't handle money, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, I don't actually have anything to do with money. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, because it, I just, it, it, it's dealt with by everyone around me, but I'm just in this place where it's like, it, it comes and it goes and it's not something that I need to even think about. Um, so it's like it, the six lines are the ones that are kind of here to bring an end to money. Actually, they hold the vision of like, do we really need this stuff? <laughs> Actually, they're the ones that are like the gift economy. Yeah. Like they have the vision of like, if we all actually just do this, it, we won't even need to have this stuff. You know, so they're holding that highest vision. And, and those six, you know, those six lines are kind of just crystallizations of in our lives of like what what prosperity really means and where it's going you know ultimately is taking us to a world where money is no longer needed but that may be some time away you know because our civilizations will have to collapse <laughs> you know in order for that to happen because I, I just don't see any other way i mean i, I don't uh, 
you know, and sometimes that has to be that way. When a new paradigm emerges, the old one has to kind of crumble, and the new one emerges as it's crumbling. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful way for me to introduce. There's a meditation that you released very recently. If you go into Google and type in, and I'll link this in the show notes, resources for turbulent times, you've created the most beautiful meditation, um, which kind of takes us on a journey around the rebirth of this planet. So that would be a very comforting thing for people to listen to at this time when they contemplate what is going on around us and to channel that sixth line energy mm. to hold a vision. And Absolutely. Just to know, it's a, I did that meditation just to kind of let people know where we're heading because i think it's important that people know where we're going so that you have a perspective as things you know become a bit more chaotic um and i'll be doing more of that i'm planning to to, to create more resources about where we're heading please you know? do yeah please do it would be so deeply comforting for all of us and yeah. the 55th gene key has been a source yeah. of real comfort. So yeah. Gonna, yeah, urge people to visit the website and look at all the resources you've created. Yeah, we've got a nice little course coming on the 55th Gene Key towards the end of this year, like a little very simple um, course that's going to come out that will be very accessible for people so that they can interact with that future vision of what's mm -hmm. coming. Because mm -hmm. it's important to identify with the future kind of flowering so that we have that so and that doesn't take us away from being in the now at all but it's it's like remembering where the seed is to is going to take us because every human being alive knows sorry my daughter's making a funny face <laughs> <laughs> every every um where was I? Person alive <laughs> has inside their cells the certainty of what we're actually moving towards. But it takes a little bit of reminding sometimes yes. for us to remember. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's very comforting. That's why Jinkies, we use the symbol of the dragonfly, you know, because it, it's three stages show us, you know, where we're going. We're going to, a, you know, an amazing state but it's it's going to be a journey to get there so i, I you know I, I i kind of also want people to know that i, I want people yeah. to know both like to be realistic it's like there's going to be some intensity you know and a, and a lot of fear and at the end of it is this incredible flowering like unbelievable like something you can't even possibly right now imagine or maybe you can if you're very imaginative but <laughs> So the two go together, like it's a wormhole we're going into. Do you think we'll see any evidence of that beginning of the flowering in our lifetime? Sure, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I, I think it, I always feel like the divine sort of intelligence is not mean, you know? Mm. You know, it, and, and I feel like personally, it wouldn't place me here with all of this and then kind of have me leave before I experience some of it. I feel like that would be like, oh, that's just cruel. <laughs> <What>? you <know? laughs> um, and, and, but that, so that's my personal thing, but also, um, yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, my sense is it's going to happen at a dizzying pace. Um, and so we're laying the foundation of what's to come. But also the other thing I'd say is, you know we have to get out of this thinking that we're not going to be here yeah <laughs> you know yeah because the reality is we're going to be here because even when we've finished with this life we're going to return but we're going to return to a world that's very different and i know it's very in vogue to say oh this is my last incarnation um <laughs> And I can pretty much guarantee that that isn't the truth, you know, whoever, you, you know, it, if it is the truth, then good for you. And, you know, you, you must be having an awesome, ecstatic life, you know, for that to be the case um, with where you've transcended all your suffering. 
and, and fantastic. Like, please come so I can sit at your feet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm being a bit <laughs> naughty. I'm so but I'm serious. Like, yeah. there's, you know, we we have to be not too spiritually uh, kind of arrogant and um, realize that we are a part of a rolling consciousness that keeps returning and keeps refining itself. And we don't want to miss the next phase, actually. I've been even saying to people like, okay, well, if that were true, and you've been here for, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives, and then, and then you're like being all this yeah. process, and then you get to the party, and you're like, you're going to leave Bye. just before it begins? Like, are you sure? And then I, they're if like, I were you, right. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see like this beauty that's coming. And uh yeah, so the 55 teach, you know, it shows us that, that gene key that there's a new kind of mutation of the of the human vehicle coming. Um, and that it's literally like getting a new car, you know, a new kind of car that runs on a different fuel, that has a different awareness system that is networked in from the beginning, that doesn't contain the same suffering codes. You know, that is a vehicle you want to be in. I would say. <laughs> now that's a girl that I want. <laughs> that's that's worth that's worth paying for. <laughs> You're so right. I no, I'm I'm excited to see what that would look like. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, we could we could do a whole other episode on the fifty fifth jinky. Maybe one day. Yeah. Very happy to. Oh, thank you. Well, this was just so much fun as well as so interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, I love your sense of humor that you always bring into your videos. Thank you. And, um, and so for people to find out more about, should they go to your website and they can see all the things you're brewing? Yeah, the website genekeys.com, that video that you sent that you were talking about, that audio. Um, and, um, and I guess my YouTube channel is like yes. filled with stuff. And, um, and I said, we send out a, um, a thing called the pulse every week or so, mm -hmm. um, which is tuned into the current, um, planetary energies every mm -hmm. six days it shifts. So if, if you get on our mailing list, um, you'll get that and it's for, and, and every, you know, so it puts out my latest video that I've, cause I'm recording a lot of videos mm -hmm. and then some inspiring article and maybe a piece of news um so that's a good way to stay in touch that and youtube and um yeah just go and get your profile on the website and check out the golden path and explore it yeah. and there's a huge amount of free material there huge so, amount yeah yeah lots to dive into well thank yeah. you so much richard thanks ellie lovely to meet you yeah really lovely to meet you yeah. and um, can't wait to see what's coming up well, I trust that that conversation will have activated many deep contemplations within you. And I wish you luck on your journey of self-discovery. Next week, I'll be speaking to Casey von Eiderstein. She's a breathwork facilitator and the creator of the Come Alive podcast and self-study program. She's led me through some pretty intense breathwork journeys and I experienced some major shifts and releases which is why I'm now so passionate about spreading the word about the power of the breath. So stay tuned for that episode next.